So we talked about the changing world of work, and I talked to you about the academy, uh, what we're doing to to help with that, so that you can learn all the skills you want to. And I want to run through a theme, and that theme is really around the lines of: Are you going to be a, a victim in these changing times, or a victor? And I laugh because the the alliteration of that is intentional to make it memorable, um, definitely not to be uh, trite. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to explore that theme a lot deeper through these next few episodes. But for now, what I wanted to do is bring in some just some comfort, some comfort about what it means to live in a time of great change and, and what you do about that. And so I want to run through some principles that I've noticed that help you a lot in a time like that. So for me, you know, with with Sight Shift, we work with people of, I feel like, all stripes and uh, all kinds of people, different parts of the world, different cultures, east, west, male, female, uh, different races. I mean, it's truly such a diverse experience, and I find that very meaningful. And one of the ways it's very diverse is when you think about like the spiritual or the religious or the neither, right? So if I I put a Venn diagram to this one day, um, and I'm going to share this with our certified people in training so that we can kind of align certified coaches with the right people. But up to this point, I mean, I've worked with people that are, are religious of some sort, whatever their religion they're raised with, um, whether that's uh, Eastern or Western religions. I've worked with people that would consider themselves um, spiritual, but not necessarily religious. Uh, I've worked with the overlap of those. If you picture it like a Venn diagram that are that are spiritual and religious, like they have a, a structure and institution they're a part of, but they're also just continuing continuing to be, uh, you know, open, graceful, loving, centered people. Sometimes you work with people that are religious, but aren't very spiritual. <laughs> they're they're going and doing it. But there's not a quality to it um, in their in their daily lives, and then worked with plenty of people that are that are neither. Um, that would say, you know, whether openly they're an atheist or an agnostic or whatever. And so for Sight Shift, we don't push that. We just meet people where they are and help them move past shame, um, whatever it is like in any of those categories. So specifically in companies, a lot. Uh, with our online academy, I'm not taking that somewhere in a way that's that's forced. I wouldn't do that. That's not who we are. We're there to impact change, and um, we're there to to share a message about identity. And that's not the place that we just you know always connect any kind of dots to people's worlds unless they want that. Uh, so I do pride myself on the fact that we can take a lot of um, places that we step into with content and make it happen in such a way that everybody can just go, yes, take that bite out of that and grow. And there's not any unnecessary forced, uh, subject matter that's going to cause people to not hear what's being said. So, you know, I, I don't know where you're at with all that, but I know that, um, everybody's in a different place. And so I like to just respect where people are. And if it's something they do or don't want, we just try to meet them, meet them where they are. Now, all that is just to say that I was inspired by a story, 
And this story inspired some thoughts about what it means for you to not be a victim in these changing times, but a victor, and the process of what that looks like. And so I like to look at things from uh, psychological lenses, through leadership lenses, through developmental lenses, and uh, some of those are informed by stories that are ancient. So I've actually been thinking about this with the idea of a character named Moses, who's uh, known to a lot of world religions, so I feel like it's a story that I can share that a lot of people can connect with and track with, but if you're familiar with at least how the story goes, um, that Moses starts to get a hint about his mission, but really runs to it too soon, and he kills this Egyptian guard, he runs away in shame, and we catch up with the story that he's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. Now, I want to pause right here and just say there's, there's two ways to live through a time of great change. Victims look for a sign. Victors notice the sign that is already there. So what I want you to think about when you are coming to a, a moment of great change, whether it's your life personally or whether it's something we're talking about like with the changing of work and society, how are you positioning yourself? Like, I got to see a sign to embrace the next courageous step. Or is it you're noticing what's already there? So the story of Moses inspires me because he goes from being a part of the most powerful family in the world, Pharaoh's family, uh, the most powerful empire, empire and the most powerful family, to taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, right? How is he feeling about himself? Probably, we would assume, not too well. You know, he's not leading from his own identity and mission yet that would actually build the community he was going to be a part of. He was still in the phase many will never graduate from, where they just lead from the benefit of the pain and sacrifice of others. This is why people become good soldiers in institutions or companies and not great leaders, because they're benefiting from the pain and sacrifice of others. They, they did not have to crawl through valleys with bleeding elbows to get where they are. And so, and if that's you, you don't feel shame over that. But it just means the lesson for you to learn is how to really take with gratitude this moment you've been given and learn like crazy, right? The easiest way to say this is we show up faithfully even when benefiting what, you know, isn't ours. We're benefiting from something that was not ours. And so I think about this example of him and I think about you and I think about transitions. And I'm just going to ask you to do this if you want to be a leader who notices the sign already there in great change, in times of great change, whether it's your change or societal change or whatever, just show up with faithfulness, right? Just show up and be faithful. I mean, that's what he's doing. He's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. How you do anything is how you do everything. I like to talk about this with leaders. Like, leaders pick up trash when they walk in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm not OCD about it, but I, and I recognize that's a real condition, so I'm not just joking about it, um, I know that when I make small compromises, it leads to big compromises. So if I'm leaving the house and I don't want to give my wife a hug and I feel a little bit angry at her or whatever about something and we've had an argument and, and this thing is like, give your wife a hug. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, okay. How you do anything how you, is how you do everything. I've already started a small compromise. So let's just show up with faithfulness. Number two, one of the things I love about this story is that he said, uh, that it says that he led his flock to the end of the wilderness. And that really is the beginning point of our own journeys. And, and we have to find this beginning point over and over and over. Sometimes we find it daily in small ways over the course of years in big ways. But you have to find your wilderness. You have to find your edge. 
The edge is where the growth happens. The places that you feel awkward, uncomfortable, stressed. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. And if you're even cooperating at all with the process of momentum in your life, you will be led into the wilderness by that momentum because, you know, life has doesn't have a stagnancy to it. We're either multiplying what we have or it's moving backward, it's it's retreating. There, there's no middle ground there. You're getting to the edge of your abilities. You're becoming a better empathetic listener. You're becoming a better strategic leader. You're getting better at your speaking. You're getting better at putting plans together that are realistic. Uh, you're getting better at harnessing creative states, or you're getting worse. And the only way all these things happen is if you're finding your edge. Where's the place that, that I feel like it's a wilderness? I need to go back to the comfort, the center, the home point. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about my night tonight and my kids have some activities. Um, I'm going to get to have some dinner with my wife. That's going to feel relaxing and awesome. Maybe when they get back, because it's cold winter here in Ohio, we'll play some Star Wars Battlefront. We got some stages we haven't beat yet. I'm comforted by that. That's fine. Okay. And I want that, but I'm also going to explore the edge of those relationships and where am I growing in being a dad or being a husband, and, and, and also that I'm going back to that comforting place, but I'm going to find that edge the next day with work, and I want to find that edge with work today. Hey, I'm in it now recording this podcast. There's a million ways this could be misunderstood, and what's it look like for me to share what I think could be helpful to you? So once you find your edge, you're going to notice something. You're going to notice some kind of change you need to make. You're going to notice a big uh, transition to welcome a, a part of you, a part of you that needs to be accentuated or welcomed back to the table of who you are to use the figure that shift out language. And that's what happens in the story. This character, he, he sees a burning bush and what he does. And this is really the, the third action that we have to do when we're in a time of great change. We, we stare into what we're curious about. So he was curious and he looks and it's, him noticing it and staring at it. And that's why, you know, victims look for a sign. Victors notice the sign already there. He's just looking around and he notices this and he's curious. See, your introspection in a time of great change is your greatest superpower. Your ability to see something new externally and then to turn that inward. And and what does it mean for you to not ignore it, to not run from it, but to stare it down. What is this new idea, practice, compulsion that you have? What's drawing you right now? You know, whatever it is, this is the moment. So if you're going to go through change and you're going to cooperate with that and not be left behind in it, you're going to let the curiosity grow you. I mean, yesterday I was facing about 72 different directions I can go into a sight shift. And I was like, all right, I want to be strategic. I want to be smart. I want to make sure that I'm helping people and resourcing our team as effectively as possible. But also, where am I curious? What's got me um, stirred up that I want to dive into? Now, a lot of times after this third action of becoming curious or, or leaning into our curiosity, I would say we think, oh, right now it's going to take care of itself. No, because the fourth thing is we're going to feel the terror and uh, that's what happens in this story. You know, Moses has this encounter and it, and it scares him. And you get scared when you're at the edge. When you feel the terror of change, most people numb out and run from that, right? I mean, I've defined emotional intelligence many times on this podcast as not being dominated by our emotions, but not denying them either, being aware and learning. Feelings are clues and signals and energy. 
And when you can really let that principle get deep down inside of you, and then you just start to notice what you're feeling, to hold it, but not be possessed by it, if you will, uh, to digest it and and eat it without being blindly driven by it, but acknowledge that it's there. You're going to have moments. It's, you know, the point isn't to always feel good. It's to embrace all the feelings. Um, there was a book that actually has expressed this the best I've seen from a standpoint of just with some research. It's the upside of your dark side, if you're interested in that. Um, I read it many years after putting Sight Shift together, but I thought, yeah, this is this is a, another helpful way to have the conversation if you want to dive into that. But, you know, we want to welcome it all. The terror is a giant clue for the growth in life that's on the other side of this moment. The darkness of the winter precedes the light of spring, right? The stuck book. And it's normal for us in those moments to drop our face in the intensity of it. And what we want to learn as we feel that terror is that we can raise our face because this is the fifth one, or raise our countenance. The world will always be afraid. The world will always be afraid. And it's up to us as leaders to understand there's a thousand and one reasons to lower our head today. We only need one to lift it. And that one reality to lift our head is that our identity is never threatened by circumstances. It's never threatened by mission or community. That we can stare into what makes us curious, feel the terror of it, but not stay afraid, but find the growth on the other side. And I love how this story closes. And the fifth one is the world will always be afraid. Sixth, you know, this idea of Moses having this encounter, he takes off his shoes, which leads my mind to this question, you know, how do I take off my shoes? What's it mean to do that? And the simplest way we can express it is that we're here now, we show up to this moment. You've heard me talk about this over and over, the best stance to be in from a mission mindset is present engaged and future focused. We have the future vision in place and we're headed towards something, but we're here now adopting, reacting, proacting as we need to. So for me, when I look at the times, they are changing and I want to be prepared for them. I'm not going to be in a place that I've got to find a sign. I'm just going to notice the sign that's already there. And I'm going to do that by as I, or as I keep taking off my shoes, just being in this moment, showing up. For whatever reason, driving my daughter to gymnastics practice last night, just in a fresh way, being present with her and feeling that and the music and uh, you know, teaching my daughter how to drive and a meeting this morning that I had where I lost track of time and I was so engaged in the conversation and I felt like we were just connected and vibing and um, there's going to be more to come from that meeting today. No doubt there was something there and I just tried to show up and take off my shoes and what seems like a small mundane thing, whether last night or this morning, no, this is, this is special. It's, it's two humans connecting, sharing vision. Look, I can go on and on about this and it doesn't matter where you land to go back to where we opened up. You know, SightShift works with all kinds of people and, and wherever you find yourself, there's a reason stories like this endure because they hold some, some power some psychological reality that helps us.
and and I want you to be helped in this moment. Great change is happening and will continue to happen. And maybe it's happening in your personal life and maybe it's happening in your organization and maybe you need to bring it to your organization. Well, there's lots of resources on how to bring it to your organization well at the academy. But for now, for you, what's it look like for your ability to feel that emotion, to show up, be here, but also have that future vision? Thanks for listening in. Uh, This felt like an especially vulnerable podcast. Love to hear what you think of it. Peace.